1: Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode on the New Books Network. I'm one of the hosts, Dr. Random Melcher, and I'm very excited today to be interviewing Dr. Francesco Buscemi about his book titled Pasta, Pizza, and Propaganda, The Political History of Italian Food TV, which has just come out in 2022, published by Intellect. In the book... Dr. Buscemi develops a political history of Italian good food on national television and really examines the central role of food in Italian television culture. It's a really interesting study that covers a lot of different types of disciplines and areas um, and tells us a lot about television, about food, about Italy, and about actually a bunch of things beyond that as well. So I'm really excited to invite um, Dr. Francesco Buscemi to the podcast. Welcome.
1: Thanks, many thanks, Miriam.
0: Could we please start off with you telling us a bit about yourself, your background, and particularly what led you to write this book?
1: Uh, Yes, my name is Francesco Buscemi, as you said. Uh, I was for a long time a professional. Uh, at the media industry. I worked at the entertainment industry, Uh, but I also taught at the university. Uh, I divided my career into two parts. At the beginning, I uh, stressed more the professional career. I really liked working uh, on television, Uh, but around 2010, I decided to upside down <laughs> the uh, the importance of the two parts of my career. So I decided to uh, push a, a PhD. Uh, and I, I also wanted to do something abroad because my uh, profession in the media industry uh, kept me in Italy uh, for many years. So after uh, this period, I wanted to go abroad to, to do something new. So I, uh, when I decided to do a PhD, a doctorate, uh, Actually, I also decided to go abroad. So uh, I had this idea of the difference between uh, uh, Italian television on food and British television on food, and I wanted to uh, dip into this uh, into this problem. So my proposal, my PhD proposal, was about this. Uh, try to find out how and why... Um, TV shows in Italy uh, were so different from the British Anglo-Saxon TV shows in general. Uh, So I sent uh, this proposal to 13 or 14 universities, and uh, a few of them accepted this proposal. and I chose Edinburgh uh, because of the supervisor, Jackie Wetang, who was, who is really, really important in my field of media studies, uh, and uh, also because I hadn't never been. in uh, in Scotland, so I was really curious uh, of this country, and uh, I wanted to to try something new. Uh, So I spent four years for this PhD uh, by investigating why uh, this difference, why uh, television programs in Italy uh, were totally different from the Anglo-Saxon ones. Um, and that's uh, this is uh, what I what I did for four years. It was really interesting, but also funny because I got to know many other people studying the same issues, uh, and so it was really fruitful to uh, to spend that time in uh, in Scotland in, in Edinburgh. Um, And after my PhD, I decided to continue, Uh, so I also investigated other issues relating to food, television, Uh, and in the end, I realized that perhaps my PhD concerned the past, because Uh, in the meantime while I was studying for my PhD uh, Italian television transformed and changed and started becoming really similar to the Anglo-Saxon one also food television uh, the the food shows started being really similar to the British food shows so I closed my dissertation really fast saying uh, uh, something is changing and after my phd i went on uh, investigating the the fading difference, so why italian television uh, was becoming so similar <laughs> to the british one so it was really interesting and somehow also funny to to uh, upside down the, the the framework and the, the reason of my phd
0: That's a really interesting um, sort of journey to this book. And I think it speaks to sort of the usefulness of the book, because it does cover the history of what is quite different to, for example, UK food TV, and goes kind of all the way up to the present. So it makes a lot of sense that sort of you looked at it these two ways, um, because that is what's in the book, that obviously in something of a reversed order, which must must have been interesting. Um, to write that way. Um, So I'd love to do kind of a tour of some of the highlights of the book. Um, But in order to do that most effectively and help listeners both who are familiar with Italian politics, but also those who aren't, uh, follow the rest of the discussion, could you maybe give us a brief overview of what listeners need to know about Italy's post-World War II politics that will help us understand Um, changes in Italian food TV over the course of your book?
1: Oh, yes. Um, Italy is a strange country (laughs) because of the presence of politics in all of the various uh, uh, fields. So, politics... uh, Uh, is present, for example, in the economy, in society, but also in television, in the decision-making about uh, uh, television or other arts. So, my starting point was uh, this, that the, the overall presence of of politics in Italian life. Uh, And I started to to, to look at uh, the way in which politics and food television actually influenced each other because uh, Italian politics had different stages and somehow Italian food television followed uh, these stages, and also change the the, uh, the political ide- ideologies or ideas or stance uh, in in Italian politics, just to uh, inform the public about the different stages of uh, Italian politics. We can say there were four or five different stages. Uh, From 1945 to the present. Uh, The first stage regards uh, the 1950s and the 1960s, um, in which there was a really uh, predominant, a predominance of the Catholic ideology. So, uh, in uh, in these two decades, uh, also television was really Catholic, so mirrored the Catholic ideology. Um, In the 1970s, as in many uh, other European countries, uh, the progressive elements uh, somehow uh, were predominant. Uh, So there was a kind of cultural revolution and also television and food television uh, changed because many, many new elements entered uh, the field of what could be broadcast in Italy. Um, So in uh, in the 1980s, there was a kind of uh, coming back a conservative twist which uh, exploded in the 1990s and 2000s uh, because of the Berlusconian age. The the Berlusconian age, for me, is a kind of... uh, um, neoliberal ideology, but with an Italian touch, because uh, um, the the, the monopoly represented by Berlusconi was something unique in, in Europe. Certainly in Europe, but probably also in, in the world. So uh, we can imagine the Berlusconian uh, uh, age uh, by imagining the neoliberal age in the 1990s, also in Britain. After the 1980s, uh, the Thatcher or Reagan, the Thatcher Age of Reagan in the United States marked this uh, neoliberal policy. In in these countries. But uh, what was different in Italy was this Berlusconian touch. So um, neoliberalism was also made up of uh, um, monopoly uh, and uh, the uh, reducing the freedom of the other uh, protagonists of the economic life in Italy. Um, after this age, uh, technology <laughs> solved some problems and uh, uh, the Berlusconian age came to an end and uh, uh, television was freer than in the past to represent uh, also other Uh, ways of living and also politics somehow was different and there were many, many uh, governments uh, led by economists such as Mario Monti uh, and others. Uh, So also the politics changed. But these are the four stages of Italian politics since uh, 1945. So the first one was Uh, the predominance of Catholic ideology the second one was the progressive revolution uh, and innovative policies of the 1970s and then the neoliberal twist in the 1980s, and especially in the 1990s and 2000s, and this kind of uh, uh, in-between politics of these years, uh, led by the economists and trying to uh, help the, the really a serious economic situation in, uh, in Italy. I think this is the frame of Italian politics and this will uh, uh, he- help understand how also food television follow these t- different, st- different stages. Uh, this is uh, really uh, well explained in the, in the book because... Uh, uh, I know that uh, it's very difficult to uh, to understand and to uh, be familiar with uh, these political scenarios of the book also. Uh, well,
0: it's books. very helpful to have this sort of framework, as you said, um, laid out, because one of the things you do talk about in the book is that in any country what's happening politically would probably have some kind of influence on television that is produced. But you argue and demonstrate in the book that in Italy, politics especially influences television and the ties are perhaps closer than they would be in other countries um, do in a large way because of sort of how television is organized, the business side, the back end side. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about kind of Why do you argue that Italian TV is so influenced by politicians and politics, maybe more than in other countries?
1: Uh, Yes, certainly, yes. Uh, We have to distinguish between public television and commercial television, because there are different reasons for this. And uh, and I, I would start... From the problem of public television. Uh, the links between public service television and politics and the politicians is, I think, a really uh, widespread problems, problem. But uh, in other countries, uh, such as the, 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 the Great Britain, for example, um, television uh, managed to gain independence. From politics. Why in Italy this didn't happen? Uh, why in Britain it was different uh, and today it's different, the relationships between public service, service television, the BBC and, uh, and politics, because between politics and and television, the system, the political system, uh, managed to put many, many uh, committees, public institutions, organizations, so the two are more distant and uh, um, what politicians say about television uh, doesn't arrive to television so directly. While in Italy, uh, these institutions and committees, etc., actually don't exist. So the link is really, really close. Uh, And for example, this is a really practical problem. For example, the name of the president of of RAI, the the Italian public television, or the names of the people sitting in the board of RAI are directly decided by the government and the parliament. So the dependence of television on politics is uh, really evident. Uh, And it's a kind of control, of direct control. Uh, The demonstration, really simple, is that uh, each time uh, there is a new government, uh, all the names of the president, of the people sitting in the board, and uh, the directors of the TV channels, the directors of the the news programs change totally change because they have to belong to the same ideology of the new government. So this is the demonstration of the dependence of mm. television on on politics. That the makes world... a lot of
0: sense. And that's very a, a very evocative example as well, the idea that every time there's an election, suddenly all these people over in television are different. That's a very direct link that, as you said, would not happen somewhere if there were more committees?
1: Yeah, Um, it's a really uh, strange situation. In Britain, this doesn't happen, actually. The problem of commercial TV is totally different because all over the world commercial TV is more independent. It's less linked, directly linked to politics. But in Italy this uh, didn't happen because uh, we we know that the the, the man who owned 90% of the commercial channels uh, also became prime minister. So... Uh, the link was evident in this uh, in this uh, in this fact. Uh, now things have been changing really slowly because the, the situation has changed. But uh, uh, actually, I can't say uh, what will happen in the next uh, in next year. We are in uh, in between moment, and uh, uh, everything is in a state of flux. So. We will see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you will certainly be the one of the most informed people to understand what's happening, I'm sure. Um, and so now that we have this framework, both of the different eras and sort of why those eras make such an impact on Italian food TV, um, I'd love to do sort of a chronological tour of those four stages you laid out, starting obviously with the immediate post World War II, heavily Catholicly influenced um, Italian food TV. Can you tell us sort of a bit about when we talk about Catholic-influenced Italian food TV, what is Catholic food in this context? What are the sorts of dishes people are making? What's the uh, sort of principles and values underlying this? What does it mean to have Catholic food in this context?
1: Uh, Yes, there are many, many uh, really fascinating studies on Catholic food, so which... Items of food are Catholic. Are Catholic, Um, uh, for example, some kinds of fish mentioned in the Bible, uh, etc. But uh, for me, and in this context. Catholicism of food is not linked to one item of food, but uh, to the way food is represented, the way food is broadcast on TV. Um, For example, uh, a a Catholic element uh, which was present in the food shows of the 1950s and 60s uh, Uh, is this kind of purity of food Uh, food must be traditional uh, must be identical to the past Um, and uh, uh, there, there must not be a human intervention so food must be pure and natural, because in this way it uh, can be considered as uh, a gift by God. So this is the food uh, God gave us. So this uh, uh, this kind of food uh, can't be touched by human technology uh, by the human hand uh, and uh, uh, because the human intervention intervention uh, might compromise this purity so, in the 1950s and 1960s, um, the food which was broadcast was pure, was natural, was not touched by technology and by culture, but it was totally natural. So, in this sense, I think this uh, food was intended as Catholic. Um, and this was a, also a national uh, identity discourse because these programs uh, prefigure the kind of community um, uh, staying around this idea of pure food, of Catholic food. So it was the nation who uh, was kept around this, uh, was kept together around this uh, idea of pure food, Catholic food, etc.
0: Interesting. Thank you for explaining that. Um, I think it helps understand kind of a lot of things about what this era of food TV um, was focused on. But this then changed as we move into the second stage that you um, explained earlier, sort of progressive stage. And Um, There were a lot of different things happening. You trace in the book, there are political changes, cultural changes, economic changes in the 1970s. You've spoken about this a little bit already. Um, But can you explain sort of how these changes influenced um, Italian food TV, but then the other way around as well? How did Italian food TV influence these wider societal changes during this time period?
1: Uh, Yes, the the 1970s were fantastic years somehow uh, for Italy and for Italian TV. Uh, Many, many progressive laws uh, were generated in the 1970s, uh, laws about abortion, about divorce, etc. So... Uh, Also, on television, uh, uh, we can see this kind of cultural revolution. Uh, It really seemed that a new kind of television was possible, also in Italy. Um, And also, FUTEVIT followed this trend uh, in, uh, in politics. Uh, there were the two major political parties, uh, Christian Democracy, Democrazia Cristiana, which was the Catholic Party and the Communist Party, um, uh, were somehow allied. Uh, even though the Communist Party never uh, was part of the government, however, uh, it accessed to the decision making uh, in, uh, in Italian politics. So uh, the two parties collaborated to, uh, to mark a moment of progress for Italy. Um, and this uh, complex age of change is visible in everyday uh, Italian life uh, in the 1970s but also on TV on TV um there is a really interesting food shows a tavola Sette," it means a table at 7 o'clock um uh, in which this collaboration between uh, the Catholics and the progressive uh, parties is really evident. Uh, The two presenters were Aveninchi and Luigi Veronelli. Aveninchi was a a really important theatre actress in in Italy, but in this show, uh, she didn't play uh, uh, her uh, real role. She, She was not actress, but she played the role of a housewife, a bit conservative, linked to tradition, uh, wanting to solve the problem in a really traditional way, etc. The other presenter was Luigi Veronelli. Veronelli was uh, a progressive intellectual uh, and in the the show he played himself. Uh, So the image of a progressive intellectual linking food to its production process in the Marxist way, uh, to its history and to Italian society. So uh, we had Aveninchi uh, talking about food in a very traditional way and Veronelli uh, telling the story of food in a really new way, um, uh, revealing also the social and the cultural importance of food. he was a really important uh, intellectual, uh, progressive intellectual in, in Italy. He was arrested. For helping peasants to revolt against the big food companies. And uh, he somehow anticipated the slow food movement. Uh, in fact, slow food continually plays homage to Vernelli. Um, so uh, in this program, we could see the parliamentary representation of Italy in those years. Uh, Mm. The Catholics and the progressive uh, elements uh, collaborating to each other and talking about uh, uh, Italian food in two different ways.
0: Mm. It sounds like a really fascinating sort of cultural moment, this show, Um, not just about the food, but kind of in general. But it makes me want to ask about a thread that goes throughout the four stages um, that you talk about in the book and you discuss it explicitly um, about the role of women in Italian food TV, right? You've already mentioned one very striking example of a professional woman who nonetheless is sort of seen as not professional when she's on this particular show, but you show that there's a lot of different changes in kind of the role of women around food in Italian TV. So can you maybe tell us about kind of how and why there have been these changes?
1: Oh, yes. The, 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 the role of the woman along all these years uh, is really, really interesting because you can see that food television is uh, profoundly political. Um, because at the beginning, in the 1950s and 60s, the role of the woman mirrored the role of the woman in Catholic ideology. Um, But this uh, means uh, how uh, much politics we can find in these programs. For example, uh, women have always cooked in uh, Italian TV shows, but in different ways. Um, So, uh, if uh, it is a woman who cooks, we Uh, should ask, why uh, is she cooking, and for whom? And just asking to these questions, we can see the political role of food television. So, uh, in the 1950s and 60s, we can see the woman in a really conservative role. Uh, Usually, uh, the presenter is a man, and the woman is uh, uh, the guardian of purity. We have seen the, uh, the sense of purity in this context, and women were somehow the guardians of this purity. They knew Uh, tradition, they knew the traditional way in which food uh, was cooked in the past, and they saved and transmitted to daughters, for example, uh, this old rule relating to food. Uh, In the 1970s, everything changed. Uh, We have seen the role of Avininki, which is still conservative, but can access, she's a presenter and in previously never a woman presented a show a TV show on Italian television so there is a kind of step forward in the importance in the relevance of, of the of the woman in this in these shows Uh, Then in the 1980s, uh, women started to cook for their husbands and family, and this was the neoliberal uh, role of the woman in the Berlusconian age. So there were many, many women presenting food shows in Italy in the the 1980s and the 90s and 2000s. But it was different because they... Cooked in family for their husbands, for their families, uh, showing their happiness in doing so, Uh, and uh, and this was another kind of representation. And uh, only in the last years, after the end of this uh, neoliberal moment, uh, we knew uh, celebrity chefs who are, are also women. So, Uh, this was the itinerary. It's a kind of run-up towards Mm. a a more independent role for this woman. And it's really interesting to see how this uh, uh, independent role has been gained along the the years. Mm.
0: And what impact in particular, um, you mentioned Berlusconi there, and obviously uh, in the beginning, and for many people, both in Italy and outside, he looms rather large in discussions of Italian politics. So, both in terms of kind of women on Italian TV, but also sort of in general with Italian food TV, um, how did the Berlusconi years influence what was going on?
1: Uh, yes, uh, there has been uh, there has been a long debate in Italy. So, Berlusconi was the cause of the or the effect. One of the two. So has this been the cause of the peculiar Italian neoliberalism or the fruit, the result of this long-term Italian mindset uh, giving this country the strong man? Mussolini, and then Craxi, and then Berlusconi, and so on. I don't have any precise answer. Probably both Berlusconi was partly the cause and partly the the effect. Um, and this kind of politics, Berlusconism, how we Berlusconismo, how we say in Italy, uh, also affected. Uh, food, television, television in general, certainly, but also food television. And food television also affected the Rusconism. Again, the representation of the woman was uh, really interesting and relevant in this sense. Uh, Because in these years, uh, um, Italian television, Italian food television created what I call the celebrity housewife. It's not a celebrity chef because uh, uh, she uh, she doesn't cook. For because this is her profession. But the celebrity housewife cooks because this is her, can, can I say her destiny <laughs> within the family? Uh, so uh, television represented this woman very happy with cooking at home, uh, and somehow, in the cases in which uh, uh, the husband of these female presenters um, were public. Uh, people, journalists, uh, and so on, Some, sometimes they enter the program uh, assessing what the the, the the wife had cooked. So in this uh, dynamic of the Italian family, we can say uh, really much Berlusconism and neoliberalism, um, uh, what happened in these, uh, in these uh, television shows actually was also happening in, in society. Um, and and Berlusconism took possess of this woman and made her one of the main characters of this ideology. Uh, they seem to ask these uh, uh, women presenting this show. Do you want to be independent? Okay, cook at home, uh, cook for your husband, cook for your family, but also be sexy and wonderful. Do all of this and you will be totally free and you will be happy. Um, But the other question is, what about women (laughs) who are not sexy and who are not beautiful? So couldn't they be independent? Uh, this is the real question. And uh, above all, what does uh, it mean being sexy and beautiful? Because in those years, being sexy and beautiful meant being sexy and beautiful according to Berlusconi, and not for the rest of Italian men and women. Um, it is really interesting to see the physical resemblance between the women involved in many Berlusconi scandals, and the women presenting these television shows. Um, there was a, a unique model because I, there have there are always been uh, models of beauty, of male beauty and of female beauty. Uh, I think it's totally normal. But was what was not normal in those years was that the unique uh, model of beauty, of female beauty uh, existing in Italy was the model imposed by one man. Uh, and this model, for many political cultural reasons, uh, pervaded all the media and the Italian society at all.
0: Quite an influence um, and a really interesting one to see dissected obviously in more detail in the book. Um, but I want to sort of come to the last section in some senses of your book but also where you started this research you talked about the beginning about differences in british and italian food tv um can you maybe tell us a little bit about kind of how we see mediation or interaction between anglosphere italian uh, anglosphere food tv and italian food tv what does that what do we see from kind of these interactions and differences
1: Oh uh, yes, uh, it's very really interesting because uh, um, it was technology which changed Italian television, Italian food television, and also Italian politics. Because um, the new technology, the digital technology, allowed many many new channels to uh, flourish in Italy. Uh, so uh, the, the, the television scenario totally changed and new. Subjects, new channels entered the Italian television market. Uh, Among these channels, there were many, many international channels. Uh, For example, Sky, Fox, uh, Discovery Channel. And all of these international, global channels also brought to Italy uh, their programs, their formats. Uh, They were international and global formats already tested in uh, in other countries and they started to broadcast these formats also in Italy. Uh, When it came to broadcasting uh, food shows, uh, the problem was how to adapt uh, These Anglo-Saxon shows to the Italian public and to Italian food culture, which is different from italia from the British food culture and the Anglo-Saxon food culture in uh, in general. Um, so, uh, uh, one of the, mm, the, the the most relevant examples is the Food Network. Uh, The Food Network uh, opened in Italy in 2017 and uh, uh, had this problem. Uh, And at the beginning uh, it uh, really carefully mediated this, so it produced some programs totally Italian and also mediated some international and global (coughs) formats to the Italian public um uh it's uh, it's something something similar happened with Starbucks Starbucks opened in Milan in 2018 and uh, they were really careful to adapt to for example the Italian idea of coffee which is different from the coffee served by Starbucks so the first shop uh, they opened in Milan was a kind of uh, Uh, slow food (laughs) Starbucks uh, show because uh, uh, you could find uh, the Starbucks products but also the Italian coffee and the Italian products Uh, uh, Italian food producers were present in the shop and uh, uh, advertised their their products and something similar happened to the Food Network Uh, they were really careful. They translated, only translated at the beginning some formats, and the Italian public uh, quite surprisingly accepted this new, uh, these new shows. So, after this first stage, the Anglo-Saxon elements entered gradually more and more the Italian programs. And in the end, now the Food Network. Uh, uh, broadcasts uh, uh, some Italian program and some uh, global formats, but adapted to the Italian, <clears throat> to the Italian uh, public. But you can also see uh, food coming from other countries, uh, a different approach to food. Uh, so th- this is really interesting. Someone calls this colonization and. Could be, I don't know, but probably there is also a character of uh, colonization. But thanks to this, Italian people have discovered many, many new things about food. For example, we have discovered that a woman may also be a chef. And uh, a woman can cook because this is her will, her profession and not because this is her destiny. Uh, So uh, this colonization, I don't know if we can call it colonization, but this Uh, innovation of many, many Italian programs entering and representing food in a new way have also uh, innovated the way the Italian people look at food. So I think this is really important. We have also discovered the economic system uh, behind food Uh, we have discovered that uh, uh, food is not only a matter of tradition, but there is a mass uh, production of food and uh, other interesting things about food we didn't know because of the old representation of food. So, a bit of colonization perhaps, but also a good quantity of innovation.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. and this kind of goes to your one of your larger points throughout the book, uh, that now we've sort of done a bit of a tour of the highlights of it. I would love to sort of ask you to explain what you mean by uh, what you wrote in the book. Quote, even by watching TV, we become citizens.
1: What yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the final uh, claim of the, of the book because I think that... Uh, Television in general, but food television particularly, uh, has this ability to build communities. Uh, And these communities may be of different uh, uh, nature, they uh, could be generational. Communities or gender communities or social communities, but also national communities. Uh, So I think that Italian television, but also British television and the television of many other countries um, underline this kind of. uh, national identity and they in the end build uh, the national community so many food shows I've seen especially the food travelogues, for example which uh, go around the the country. There are many, many food travelers in Italy, but also in Britain. Uh, Janice Great Britain is a wonderful example of British food travelers. But also Tici Portoio in Italy and others. um, They travel Uh, through the country and they discover uh, national foods and they talk to national national food producers and uh, in this way they build the national community. So uh, some Italian food travelers build this uh, Italian community and uh, somehow stress this uh, feeling of being Italians. Uh, and you can you can be uh, left wing, right wing, communist, Berlusconian. It doesn't matter. Uh, you feel somehow Italian by by watching uh, these these shows. Um, this I, I said happens also with other television programs, jenks. But food is something uh, we put into our bodies, uh, is something fueling our lives, uh, making us alive. Uh, so all of this makes food really powerful. And food is really powerful in uh, making people feeling. Uh, Belonging to a national community. Uh, So uh, I think this uh, is one of the characteristics of. uh, Food shows in general and food shows in Italy, because I analyzed Italian food shows, and and in this sense I wrote: uh, uh, by watching TV we become citizens, and by watching food television especially we become citizens. So there is this kind of nation building. Uh, nation building works uh, also after the nation has been formed, because uh, the nation needs. Uh, something uh, uh, continually uh, underlining this, underlining this, uh, uh, ita- this uh, national belonging. And in this sense, I think food television is really relevant.
0: Mm. I think it is quite an interesting way of looking at things like nation building and politics, um, and it's also quite an accessible way, right? Even people who don't study. Uh, media studies or food television um a lot of us have seen probably some of these tv shows in various countries and so it's a really helpful way to sort of link um something that many people have probably encountered in some way and then really unpack and understand the impact that it can have which may not is what may not be what people are thinking of when they sit down and watch an episode of something Um, So it's a really interesting study on a lot of different levels Um, And I wanted to kind of, as we wrap up, ask you a few questions sort of about your own work um, in and around this book. As you mentioned at the beginning, you started this research uh, with your PhD, but also had been working in media beforehand. So you have quite a lot of experience to bring to this book and obviously know the topic much better than anyone who just reads it. And I was wondering if there's anything that sort of particularly surprised you in the process of um, researching either the PhD or the book uh, that you'd like to share with us a sort of behind-the-scenes peek at your process?
1: Uh, yes, I, I was really surprised by two things. Um, uh, firstly, the, uh, the strong... Uh, vitality of the 1970s, because in Italy, uh, probably also in other European countries, but in Italy there are many studies describing the 1970s uh, as a period of violence, of confusion, of terrorism, which really existed. Uh, but uh, it also existed something else, and if you study the Italian television in the 1970s, you can see this uh, 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 this energy. Uh, uh, Tending to innovation, these needs for innovation, and I was very surprised because uh, uh, my 1970s were totally different because I studied at the university, uh, some books are uh, telling totally another. Uh, story, but uh, I discovered the vitality of the 1970s, and this was uh, really interesting. I, I I could see the enthusiasm. And the commitment uh, of people in those years to create a better world, a more comfortable world. And actually, I don't see all of this today, so it's probably also a kind of nostalgia which I have, but uh, I was surprised by this energy. Uh, the energy of a nation wanting to change, wanting to put forward something never put forward in the past. So, uh, this was really interesting for me. And the other one uh, is uh, for perhaps more banal, but uh, it's the number of the followers of today's celebrity uh, chefs. Um, it's really unbelievable for me. Uh, they are more uh, followers in on the social media than really popular actors, singers, uh, politicians, uh, and some leaders. Uh, And so I I ask myself, why this? Uh, So what celebrity chefs uh, have to tell us? So why so many people follow them just to to learn how to cook pasta or... uh, uh or uh, a pie. Uh, I don't know. But this is really really interesting for me. And it's also really mysterious. So uh, not by chance, uh, the, these two elements are the elements I, um, I'm working on in this, in this period after the book I, I wrote. Uh, because I I believe that journalism or mainstream studies uh, have not underlined uh, these aspects enough. Uh, so uh, this, I think this demonstrates that uh, working with food and with food television uh, is really interesting because uh, it makes you discover new things and uh, to delve into uh, something new and so on quite happy to uh, have written this book and to go on researching on this field.
0: Brilliant. Um, Well, that does sound very interesting. And I wish you the best of luck with that uh, next stage of the research. Mm -hmm. And while you go off and do that and investigate Celebrity Chef social media accounts and goodness knows what else uh, that you'll find during that research, uh, listeners can listen to the book that we've primarily been talking about in this interview, which is titled Pasta, Pizza and Propaganda, a Political History of Italian Food TV, published by Intellect in 2022. Thank you very much for being with us on the podcast, Dr. Francesco Buscemi.
1: Many thanks. Many thanks, Miranda. I hope it is of interest for your public.